take a minute and think through if there's any questions that you have. I'm going to call up the ladies that gave their testimonies and our three teachers. And if there's, can you guys just come up here? Um, if there's any questions that you have about their testimony or about something they said or questions that came up in the um, group time, the small group time, this is not like stump. <laughs> so that's not the goal. <laughs> but if there's something that you wanted to follow up with, or um, would you take a minute and think about it? And um, we would like to kind of end with that. If there were some strings that we needed to tie before we finished up. And really, don't be shy, because I can stand here in silence for <laughs> she, she practices the sovereignty of God I that know, way. I don't mind. Because Maria, that's, there's always that saying, if you have the question, there's someone else in the room that has the question too. I don't have a question. Can I make a statement? Sure. I want to say how much encouragement I've received Specifically, because um, the ladies who presented, most of you are mature, and that you are still experiencing pain and trust, and that you were so vulnerable, because a lot of times I was sharing with some of the other gals, I'm like, oh, I didn't really know that person, and Mature ladies just look they like they have it all together on Sunday mornings, you know. They just dress nicely and they and you know, you know their stories and you're like, well, maybe it was hard for them when they were young, you know. But they're not young anymore, so it's easy. then I don't sign up for pain so like how do you knowing that like how do you keep your hope Heaven. how do you keep your hope of like okay I just hope. came through a hard thing oh the next one gets to be harder <laughs> I don't want to sign up Ellie I'm sorry well nobody wants or enjoys pain well, yeah we don't we don't enjoy it we don't look forward to it we don't ask God for pain yeah but we do ask him to do his, or whatever he wants to do in our lives, mm. right? I mean, he, we know he wants us to be more Christ-like. We know, though, that he will give us the grace to endure whatever's coming, 
And I believe we always look back. I mean, even Jan, Jan's is pretty fresh, and she right. can already say, I thank God for what he taught me. So there really is nothing to fear, even if it's going to be a harder trial than what you went through before. You're going to know him better, for one thing. You're going to be... You're, you're, you're going to be stronger for what you went through, so you can face something that that maybe is more difficult. Now, uh, that's not a that's not written in stone, I don't think. As, I don't know if there's a Bible verse that supports that, but it kind of seems to make sense. I I do think it's uh, um, I think it is affirming to how Brett said it on Sunday. We remember God's past faithfulness, and we also remember the prize and reward before us. And I think, okay, so y'all know me and word pictures, so um, the helpful word picture Can you stand me, up? Helpful word picture to <laughs> me, like, oh, there is there. <laughs> mysterious voice coming from <laughs> 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 Sorry. You can do mine. <laughs> Mental Velcro, they're glorious. Um, but helpful word picture to me is I don't lift weights in order to make my muscles hurt. But I lift weights to get stronger. I accept the fact that painful muscles in the course of that is just part of the process. So I trust that the Lord does not bring these things to us in order to cause us pain, but I can trust that in his sovereign wisdom, he has ordained that that pain is part of the process. But like, and that's what makes the pain not the focus, but the outcome. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that those outcomes that are coming are worth it and are good, and it really is strength, then it makes like, well, this is just part of the process and I, I can walk through it because I know what's coming. I don't know exactly what's coming, but I know that if I submit to this and am taught by the Spirit through it, strength is what comes from that. And he's good and kind to do it, and he uses the best means. If there were other means that would better accomplish what he's going to do, he would have used those means. But these are the best means, and so I can submit to them. Is there a question in the back? Becky, you're going to have to yell it. I'll just stand here. Um, I'm a doer, and I know most women are doers. And so I just wanted to hear, you know, we, we know we're going to have difficulty in life, but in all your testimonies, there was this thread of things that you did, you know, before you encountered your difficulty, during your difficulty, and coming out of your difficulty. So share with us, um, what are those three things that, those behaviors that you are consistently doing and that you recommend to young women, these patterns and these disciplines in your life that you want to make sure you're doing so you're ready, that'll sustain you through difficulty and be there with you in the end? Does that make sense? Lauren, why don't you start and then hand the mic down. Um, truly, being thoughtful about singing lots of good hymns uh, has done a tremendous amount in consistency for my soul 
from, I mean, my entire life. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, when I try to learn scriptures, I, um, memorizing not single verses, but chunks, because it's that whole thought process of what's going on through the scriptures that I find, I mean, obviously there are individual verses that we run to, but when I can run to a specific verse that I have context. the whole context, chapter context with it, that that is helpful. Um, for me, I would say staying consistent um, in the word where I was. And not that I didn't jump around and, you know, look up a keyword here and there to just see what scripture had to say about that. But, you know, I had started out committing to reading through the Psalms and I stayed there. And that was so helpful because those were verses that I wouldn't have thought of on my own. And those ended up being so comforting and something that I wouldn't have, wouldn't have expected to be applicable. Um, to what we were going through in that moment, and so that was really helpful for me. I would say very plainly, being in God's Word, uh, that is how God speaks to us. When I grew up, I grew up going to church, and I knew the Bible was God's Word, but don't think I really understood for a while that is how God speaks to you. That is how you have that personal relationship with him. He speaks to you. If you're not in God's word, reading it regularly, um, and I'm still in BSF, I, I love it. It's just really helps me understand uh, it amazes me. I can read a scripture and go, okay, I got that. In BSF, you go over the same scripture four times. From when you started to when you've gone through it the fourth time, it's like, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. So it has just been really, really helpful for me. Um, and so um, prayer is listening to God, talking to God. Um, but the main way that you really hear from God and know he's there with you is through his word. He literally speaks to you today to where you're at in your life. So that, that I, I can remember seeing a Bible, and instead of just saying the Holy Bible, it said um, the living word, it's alive. Um, so... That's my encouragement for you. I'm going to be very practical. I cry. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I cry. And then, and then um, God kind of taps me on the shoulder and goes, it's okay. You can cry. But now get over it. And um, through this whole thing with Sarah during the summertime, when she was in for 88 days, and then we had a season where she was home for the holidays. And in our family, our, you know, with Glenn and Christy and the kids, um, it's a rare holiday when no one is in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Glenn's birthday. Mm -hmm. But we had it this year, and we were all very grateful. Doing this talk 
Um, I didn't think I could do it, but I was encouraged. And I do a daily Bible reading where I read five chapters, different parts of the Bible every day. And I was searching for something in the God rules the nations. And I'm like, God, I don't even know where to look. And, and in my, my Bible reading for that day, there it was, plain as day. And I'm going, thank you, God. Thank you. And um, there were times when I was trying to do this, and I was interrupted by texting. Someone was texting me, and I had to text back, and he texted back. And then that got done, and my husband was done in the shop because it got cold out there, and he comes in the house, and he starts talking to me, and I just go, forget it. Okay, I'll do this another time, and, you know, please leave. But, yeah, so there have, yeah, um, because of the structure of our house, it's not very easy to have a place at the computer when somebody's in the living room, and anyway, it's like, anyway. Um, there have been, um, Glenn and Christy lost a, a son, so we lost a grandson, and we thought, there's, grandchildren are not supposed to go before the grandparents, and yet in God's wisdom, he did, and it was tough, I'll just cry, it was tough, but like Lauren, you go to the hymns that you know, you go to scripture, and and I loved when Glenn gave a sermon one time. He goes, if you want to hear God audibly talk to you, read the Bible out loud. <laughs> okay, so what are a couple of things that you do to prep you for the trials that are coming? Um, I agree with everything that you've said, and, and I, I always say that I believe that God wants us desperate for him um, and I'm not going to be desperate for him if I am able to have everything just going smooth sailing and learning to be desperate for God when it is smooth sailing so that when it comes and it's not smooth sailing I'm in the same position as I was before but I like to keep a mindset of the fact that he wants us to become more like him and for his glory and for my good and when I know those two points and I realize when I get into a, a circumstance that, oh, okay, I'm stepping away because I'm not desperate for you like I need to be. And you're so loving and faithful to make me get back there again. So then I can look at a trial in a different mindset because I realize this is for my good. It's for his glory. And praise God that he lets me be desperate. Um, just back to Autumn real quick. You know, what God teaches you, prepares you for the next trial. So it's not like you're not equipped for it. And you learn so much through each one. Anyway, another thing I want to clarify, before I leave here, although it may not come up as a question, but I don't want to be misunderstood um, from what I said last night. When people are going through difficulties, I have to be careful that I don't say, oh well, God is sovereign. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a heavy doctrine. And, and Jared Bridges mentions this in his book, so you'll read it. But I just didn't want you to think that, that's, that I thought that or that I was communicating that. We have to be very careful with people that are hurting. 
and we don't flippantly say, well, just trust God, you know? Okay, so I think you know what I'm saying. Um, what I would recommend is, um, I have always been one to ask for help when I'm hurting. So I would encourage you to find somebody that just seems you know, a little more godly than you or a little more stronger or stable, that, I mean, that you think can help hold you up. I know the women in my small group have been a big encouragement to me. So I always reach out for help. And, um, and I agree with everything that's been said about the word and your time with the Lord, and irreplaceable. There's nothing to replace that with. Um, and then be real careful about the books you read and the authors. I would clear them with an elder or pastor or Kelly or some, uh, yeah, with church leadership. Um, I spent a lot of years reading Christian books that were not biblical. So I just tell people be really careful. And for me to prepare is, first of all, to recognize I don't have it all together. Um, to be humble before the Lord, to saturate myself with the truth of his word, the fact that we're never alone. We've got all these wonderful girlfriends who have wisdom that we can't reach at the moment. And music is such an inspiration for me. Mm -hmm. I love Christian music and um, thankfulness. Just having a heart of thankfulness no matter what I'm doing. Those things really help me. It, they helped me through this storm and they will help me through the next one. Who has another question? Or clarification? Claire? I guess uh, when thinking about God's sovereignty, he is ultimately reigning and ruling and in control. But there's that, not conflict, but tension of we have responsibility. And we, how do you guard yourself from taking too much control or thinking you have too much control? Mm -hmm. Who wants to answer that one? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, aren't you on the panel? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Bridges mentions that, something along those lines maybe in the book, that we should do whatever we can biblically to relieve our suffering. There's nothing wrong with that. Like maybe getting some help or go, uh, I don't know, it's, it, there's legitimate means that you can take. You know, we don't enjoy suffering and we don't suffer needlessly. So that might answer part of your question. Um, I, I'm not the best one to, to talk about control issues. Is that what you're saying? Like you want to take control of it? You mean to, cha to change it so it's not a trial? Not or? necessarily not a trial, just even in life, as you walk through life, seeing, you know, carrying the weight of, if I had only done this, even something simple, if I had just been one on top of this, this wouldn't have happened. If I had worked harder, those. That sounds like guilt to me, which that's why Jesus died, to take our guilt, 
our sin and our guilt. Don't beat yourself up. We're, none of us are perfect. We're not going to do it perfect. And we talked about the if-onlys in our groups. And that's really kind of denying the sovereignty of God, too. He allowed even a failure or a sin. But what's so wonderful is that he uses even our failures. And what a great God to do that. You know, whatever damage was done is not beyond his control. And he will re he's a redeeming God. He will redeem even our failures. Um, for me, I know, like when our daughter left home, um, I was surrounded with a whole lot of what ifs. And what if we had homeschooled longer? What if we had never homeschooled? What if we had adopted sooner and had more relationship? Um, what if we could have protected from this issue? And so I had to constantly remind myself that I am nobody else's Holy Spirit. I am um, in charge of me, and I am charged to be a godly parent. And I'm not in control of how that's received or how that takes shape in the future. Amen. And so that was very reassuring um, to me throughout that time and knowing that I had so much other responsibility that I could not stop and dwell um, and feel sorry for myself or fret and worry because it was all in God's hands. It was all in his control. And I had six other little people that were right there in my face, that, that they needed me in that moment and that I needed to just let go of any control that I thought I had because I didn't. And know that she was in the very best of hands because I had no idea where she was. And he was completely in control and knew every detail and was guiding all of that for, for her good, for our good. Um, yeah. This is so good. And I would just reemphasize again that what's already been said is that sometimes there really is sin in what we do. And, and we should repent and rejoice that we can repent and that God's grace abounds to cover our sin. And that even when I have sinned in that moment, even before I repent, that in no way has moved me from my place in his hands. Amen. Right? So, but sometimes there is sin to repent from. But even that sin does not thwart a single thing in God's plan. And like they're saying, he is a redeeming God. And he is so powerful that he does use even those things. So from that one, I recognize maybe, maybe there is sin to repent. And then other times when it's, well, if only if I could have, how that is, is the stopping and reminding myself that I am, my role is to be faithful each day with what he has put in my hands today and not with what he hasn't put in my hands. And because so many of those what is and is only is trying to imagine like things that weren't in my hands, you know. And, and their imaginations. Yeah, they, they, are, they are imaginations and you know, they're not reality. And, um, so that's another kind of angle on that that helps me too. Forgetting the past, what verse is that? 
What's the verse that talks forgetting about forgetting the past? What lies behind? That's a great verse. You forget, you forget the past. I'm going to look it up. I, it's like I had that memorized at one time, but I haven't been reviewing it. Yeah, I can't remember. But all I know is that's a verse that I thought of because we all have things like that. And Paul, and Paul had a lot of things like that. Oh, I don't need that. I'm so yes, loud. Yes, you do. <laughs> Paul had a lot of things that he, of course, you know, the thorn in his flesh. And I, it could have been some of the things he was doing, killing Christians and all that. And, but yet he said he forgot was in the past, pressed forward. And that's what we, and I think we're supposed to follow that. We're supposed to follow that. We confess our sin, and God is bigger than our sin and can do amazing things through that. His will is not thwarted. I love that. It's true. Philippians 3.13. Philippians 3.13. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah. To his glory. Okay, Keisha. When I find myself mulling over anything painful or negative or critical, um, I immediately, as soon as I'm made aware of it, I confess it to the Lord as a sin. And then I always, I have a verse handy. Uh, one of my favorite ones that was the most helpful to me at one, during one particular season was, it's in Psalm 145, I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty. Mm. Not on my failures, not what my husband just said, not what my kids just did. Mm. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I force those negative thoughts out with the word of God. And, and again, it's, it's a sin to not, or to, to mull over past sins. I mean, we've got a boatload of them in this room, and we, we just can't do it. Can't do it. Keisha? Yeah. Uh, I'll try to say this right, so I could just like you. But um, if any of you, like, and I know you probably, you know, said it, but if, if there was, through the suffering that you endured, there's something specific that you can remember how God changed, you know, changed you. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. something that stood out, like changed you from it, where either the way you're thinking or the way you, mm -hmm. there's something specific to that suffering that got changed in you or corrected you. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So, it's it The biggest one for me was God's will, not mine. You know, being a woman, we've all been in the place where we're wonder women. We have so many abilities and so many God-given talents that we just get everything done and we keep it all in working order. And we make our plans and we see those plans through most of the time. And I, became a little bit overconfident in my own plans. And God showed me that those weren't his plans for me. So now just yielding to his will gives me so much peace. Because I don't have to 
plan it all and control it all and worry over it all. It's like, okay, well, that didn't work the way I saw it. It was heading, so, okay, what's next? I have a whole different attitude, and it's freeing me. Yeah, I have something very definite. Um, marriage and the man in my life was an idol in my heart. And um, God, of course, won't stand for that. You know, with my dad leaving when I was six, and I was so crazy about it, I grew up thinking, all the, the man is going to fix me. That's all I need is a man. Well, of course, especially the first one, 20 years of torment, basically, emotionally. So, anyway, I didn't realize the idol worship, though, for a long time. It wasn't until later I got into some good biblical counseling, and I realized that this man was taking the place of God. So that's, that's a big change for me. Hey, guess what? It was God's word. <laughs> um, I was studying in the book of John, had so many questions that, that God was teaching me going through um, the difficulty of losing my daughter. Um, Jesus feeds the 5,000, okay? And because of that, many of those people followed Jesus because it was easy food, essentially. Back then, it was hard to uh, find enough food to eat. So they follow him, and then Jesus starts teaching more spiritual truth to them. And he was saying that he's the bread of life. Uh, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And of course, this was all spiritual talk, and um, the people really had trouble understanding that. This was also where Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, okay? but. At that point, many of his disciples were following him because it was easier. He was taking care of their physical needs and, you know. But after Jesus did this teaching, um, the, I'm in John 6, uh, 60. It says, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Well, that was kind of where I was. I was really having a hard time that this is what God had given me for my life. Um, and essentially, Jesus asked the 12, down in six, verse 67, he says, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And God's word very pointedly told me, I have a choice, Lois. I know you don't like what happened. I know it's broken your heart. I could totally understand, you know, you always hear that people have something really hard in, they, in their life and they walk away. I could relate to that. I, I hadn't walked away, but this was kind of the precipice that I met. It's like, I have a choice. I either accept this, this is what God has given me, it's his will for my life, and either accept it and go with it, or reject it. That's your choice. So, I mean, it was, it was God's word. 
that that just and from that point on I mean there were still tons of things he was teaching me but that was really the climax of, of my faith test and that is where I said okay I'm, I choose you Lord so be it and that's where I started submitting to to uh, God's plan for me so Um, kind of following on what Lois said there, one of the things that was a very pivotal transitional thought thing for me, um, not in this more recent experience, but one of the big lessons, especially of our coming to terms with infertility um, a decade ago, was kind of that, that next step from, am I going to receive what whatever it is the Lord gives, but then not just stop it there but to say and receive it as a gift. That this is a gift that he has given or sometimes his not giving is the gift that he gives, you know, but whatever it is, this is a gift from his hand and that then my life following through this as I then walk through it then it's a privilege to bear whatever testimony it is that he gives me to bear about his, the perfections of his glories and his faithfulness afterwards. So those kind of things of, this might be hard, but it has been given me, given to me as a gift. And then to say, I will gladly bear testimony about him as a result of it has, was very pivotal in changing my perspective on embracing difficulty. Our time in Mexico was really rough. Um, as I said, the director didn't want us there. So what Glenn, our older son, was already out of the house, and so we took Glenn. He was 15 when we left. We had a very bonding time in prayer because of the things that the director would throw at us, trying to get my husband mad which was an angry, which was a difficult thing because he do, doesn't do that very often and, and it's a hard thing to get him angry. But the director tried different ways those entire two years. So we would get together, the three of us, and we would pray. And prayed a lot. And then we would just continue doing we, we knew we were supposed to do um, without any thought about is he gonna you know throw something else at us is he going to you know whatever um, we just had to continue doing what we knew was right and what was expected us to do down there yeah anybody have another question Um, 
we went, we went to what I call Christian counseling um, for a very short period of time, maybe a couple months, and this was probably a few years after the fact. Probably more because my husband and I were struggling and it was more trying to help us do that because when my daughter was first killed, I think my husband and I were very much on the same plane. Um, you know, same emo you know, same emotions and you know but as time went on we handled that grief differently. And he honestly started pushing me to get over my grief. Uh, and that started causing problems in our relationship. And so that's when we started counseling. And we only went for a couple months because it, it just wasn't really helpful at that moment. And I can say that it was really God's word that really kept ministering to me. I really didn't have anybody in my life. I really, there was a point where I felt I was all on my own. You feel one thing when something like that happens, uh, you feel very isolated because you really don't know many people that have gone through that experience. So that's really nobody you can really talk to. So just, I really found that, that God was the one that was really helping me and presenting his truth to me in that um, and uh, I mean I knew the uh, Romans 8 28 okay all things work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose and I purposely would think about that but my heart could not deal with that so I purposely just put it aside you know, and said, God, I just can't deal with that right now. It's just too painful. Um, and probably three or four years later, I could pick that back up. And I was very conscious of that. And I, I knew it's like I would tell myself, I know that's the truth. But right now, I, I just can't deal with that. Um, and, you know, three or four years later down the road, then I was able to say, yes, I I agree, God. So, so it was, it's definitely a process of, of learning. Were you afraid for your kids? Oh, your other kids. Um, this is really funny because I'm not a very fearful person. And I think there were things in my life that would, God was actually kind of hinting what was going to happen. And I would think about it that well, what happens. Course, when you have children, you think you think about stuff like that. But I would go, what if ha something happened to my um, oldest daughter? And and it's I would always stop right there. I never would go through start going through the next two because I have three kids. Um, and and my daughter and I would talk about stuff like if I died and. I mean, there's just a lot of things the Lord brought along before um, that kind of looking back at it, I think God was trying to prepare me for what was coming. Um, and now, I mean, uh, even the ironic thing is, is um, she was, 
she was supposed to be home with her husband. It was their one month anniversary and he called me and said she wasn't home yet. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. She's very responsible. She wouldn't. It's like, well, did you forget that maybe she was going to stop here or there? So my mind didn't even go to anything wrong. Um, and, um, well, one other thing that comes to mind is she was a cheerleader and she was one of these that would be thrown up in the air. And she, so she was very, she was a brave, very, very not fearful person. And she just, she would say, Mom, I don't know what I would do if I ever broke my neck. And I would just say, well, you know, uh, God will get us through whatever problem, you know, we have to deal with. And, uh, and then, I mean, she ended up breaking her neck. That's how she died. So there, there's just things um, that I think God was preparing me for. But um, I was never... And since she's died, I I really haven't been fearful of my other children. I don't know. I think it's just a peace God has given me um, that I'm typically not a fearful person. But then that would happen. Something I didn't share with you all, too, because I've shared this before, and I was trying to make my testimony brief. But before what has happened in my life, I was in a car accident when I was a, a teenager, a junior in high school, and one of the people I was with was killed. So I was dealing with death very early on, it seems like big issues for young people. And, and then I had a, a, my, my uh, third, actual third pregnancy. I was 16 weeks pregnant and that baby died in utero. Mm -hmm. And so I, it, it's kind of like God has really been preparing me to deal with these things. Um, so, you know, though I laugh and think, okay, God, now what are you gonna do in my life? And, but I just don't go there. It's like, you know, I, I, I will get through whatever I have to get through. Um, so fear really isn't a big part of my life. Um, it, it wasn't before either. But, um, so, and of course, when you're going through whatever you're going through, you, you, you remember the scripture about, you know, God's not going to give you more than what you handle. And you, you, you think, God... I can't handle this. I mean, you just can't. But, uh, you know, one of the, the verses in uh, John, Jesus says, you know, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So he just, uh, he, he's there for you. He's with you. He, he, he promises, one of the big promises, he will never leave you nor forsake you. So no matter what you have to go through in your life, he will be with you. He promises that. And of course, uh, this life is only very short. If we live to be 80, 100 years old compared to eternity, it's nothing. It's nothing. So like I was saying, uh, just, just putting your hope in Jesus. You know the end of the story. No matter what you have to go through in this life, you know the end of the story as a believer. And uh, it's going to be a perfect place where we're going to be in the very presence of God himself. Uh, and that's what this is all about. Life is just a place to give you the opportunity to turn to Jesus, to believe in Jesus, and 
uh, it determines if we're going to live with God forever or in hell separated from him forever. So um, I just look at things a little differently probably than more people. But like I say, I'm, I feel very blessed that God has given me that. So. Thank you. Another question? Ladies, thank you so much for being here this weekend. We're going to finish up now and um, pray that everybody would drive home safely, be wise and prudent. And we're going to trust in the sovereignty of God. I'm going to close this real quick. Lord, thank you so much for our sweet time together. Thank you for allowing each one of us to be here. Thank you for our teachers and the ladies that shared their testimony and words of wisdom. Thank you for one another, that we're in the same body together, and you've gifted us, really, with one another. We praise you for that. We praise you especially for your word that comforts us and teaches us and directs us, and we especially thank you for your son who makes us right in your sight and gives us more than we deserve and more than we could ever ask or think. And so we look to him today and trust in him and his work on our behalf. And we especially pray that you would make us ready to praise you on the Lord's Day. And um, thank you again for this sweet time together. We bless your name in it. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.